FedEx Forum, Growl Towels, Super Grizz, each one a Memphis Grizzlies tradition. This is the Grizzlies Podcast. Alongside columnist Jeff Calkins and pick and pop columnist Chris Harrington, here's beat reporter Ron Tillery. And welcome in for our very first regular season Grizzlies Podcast here at the Commercial Appeal Studios. I'm Ron Tillery. And um, we, I guess we allow guys, the Grizzlies, to to kind of settle in and, and give us some of everything before we got together. They're five and three on the season after back-to-back losses at home, including one Wednesday night against the Orlando Magic uh, after blowing up yet another double-digit lead. But there was a lot of drama involved, and so uh, I guess that's what, where we'll start in terms of um, how that game finished with uh, David Fisdale and Mario Chalmers kind of knucking and bucking there on the sidelines. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the end of that game was wild. But I have to say, I was really impressed with David Fisdale after the game because he was very blunt, very candid about what went wrong and how he felt about it. But he did so in a constructive way, ultimately. It was like we're going to talk about what really happened and we're going to make people accountable for it, but we're going to make it constructive and learn from it and move on. And so it could have been like a mess and it didn't seem, it seemed like it, it at the end of the day, it's not something that's going to linger. Right? Although I guess we'll find out if you're going to, if you're going to lose like that, you might as well get something out of it. And it's funny because the previous losses, he basically had said the same thing. You can't mess with the game like that. That's been his refrain right. when they have lost previously. And here he was pointing to more systemic, it seems to me um, not it's more systemic within the issues within the team as they learn to play with each other. We've spent a lot of time talking about how they will play with each other on the court, what that will look like, style of play, whatever else. And yet there's that whole other thing, how they interact, that that level of reassembling the team. And I don't think it was any accident. Well, first of all, it was Mario Chalmers did do really two really dumb things down the stretch. So it was no accident that he, he singled out Mario Chalmers from that perspective. But the other thing is, is that he had to know that Mario Chalmers could take that. And Mario Chalmers did, in fact, react perfectly by saying, yeah, it was on me. And so it wasn't like he was throwing Dylan Brooks. Like, boy, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen from Dylan Brooks. Right. It was, I don't think it was any accident that it was Mario Chalmers. Yeah, well, you know, and it, to your point, Jeff, the, you know, Fisdale and Chalmers have won championships together. Right. They, I mean, they're, they're probably the closest player-coach relationship on this team. Right. Um, you know, as he tries to become closer to Mike and Mark, but Clearly, he has a history, of Mario Chalmers. So, so he knows how far he can go with Mario. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is about Fisdale, he, he's always been blunt, like you said, Chris. But, but he's consistent in that he's trying to establish a culture. He's about culture. My understanding is, during those chaotic huddles that he referenced, um, he never intervened. Like he, he was watching and wanting to see how they would. What was your perception they of, when he says that that the, the huddle was? Chaotic. Obviously, there was the one time when it looked like Jamichael was getting involved with Mario and and Tyree. Like there was a, but generally throughout the course of the game, he said for the whole game long, the huddles were chaos. What did what did he mean by that? Well, I, I think it just speaks to like what we've seen here. Um, whether you go back all the way back to Hubie, who had to lead the team at every yeah. every turn, Lionel had to lead the team at every turn. I think I think he's just trying to figure out. Which one of these thirty somethings <laughs> is, is going to hold everybody accountable and keep everybody in check? And which is probably why he went out of his way to, to uh compliment Mark. 
Right. But, I mean, even Mark couldn't do it last night. Right. Well, Mark sort of tried on the floor, essentially come down the stretch. I mean, it was a nip and tuck game. They go down, Mark posts up Nikola Vucevic, gets the ball, scores on him. Mm-hmm. Come down again, he posts up Nikola Vucevic, gets the ball, scores on him. The third time you saw Mark motion, I think, to Mario, it, it sort of it, almost an indicator, like, get me the ball again. But it was so transparent, that's what they were going to do. Orlando knew that. And so Evan Fournier comes over, knocks the ball away, and Mark's on the floor and scrambles for it, which, which was not a reason not to get right back up and go right back to Marcus all. But for some reason, like they just stopped once Orlando sort of broke up that one attempt, they didn't go back to Mark again. Yeah. And and that's where it's kind of hard without Conley out there is, yeah, you need Mark to be the leader and the guy who sort of, you know, carries you down the stretch, but someone's got to pass him the ball too. Right. There weren't that many in fairness, in terms of the, the final possessions after that, there was the, the steal and the layup where he was he should have just converted the layup, obviously. Like right. he, he, was, he wasn't going to be looking for Mark on that one. There was the last shot, which they got a good shot. Dylan Brooks was an open shot. To me, the biggest screw-up was— Well, the Mario 3 was open, too. The Mario 3 was open, too. But but, but that thing, one was— It's one little, thing to get a good shot. Yeah, it's another thing to— From Mario, it's to not sort of Mario. in a scramble and by accident. It's yes. another thing to actually run what you want to run and get Well, to me, the, and that's what I was going to say, before the— before the the layup, the previous possession where he got the turnover was to me the most egregious. Where Tyreek was was doing whatever he wanted, Mark was doing whatever he wanted, and there Mario just sort of plunged into the lane trying to create something. And we're like, what the hell came over him there? That was one where he was clearly, I, I don't. It, it was strategically. What the hell was he thinking? Well, yeah, t- yeah. I mean, Mario. I mean, and that's why he owned it. He he knew he he screwed up. I mean, he he had an awful last two minutes of the game and. and you can argue the entire game. He just didn't organize the Grizzlies. And and that's where you miss Mike because Mike and Mark clearly have this chemistry together where, you know, you, you're going to get your action. Right. Um, this is where I'm conflicted on the style of play because, uh, A, they settle for way too many threes. I mean, every all yep. those shots they took down the stretch, you know, were wide open, but they were threes. Right, right. You know, and they were down right. one. Right. And then, B, there's got to be a pecking order. Like, you got to come out of that timeout Knowing exactly how you're going to get Mark the ball. He's your best player, and he's being guarded <laughs> by a weak defender, and he's been scoring on this defender. Yeah. And so you can't just go completely away from that. It was just driving, kick, driving, kick, and then Dylan Brooks gets a three. Now, it's not a knock on Dylan Brooks because, I mean, he's been a a, a really nice rookie so far, and he had a wide-open shot, and he made one. Uh just before that. Just before yeah. that, yeah. Right. But yeah, they, they got to figure that out. There's, there's got to be a clear pecking order in, in, in games like that. Well, so much. I mean, this team has been good at late, late game execution, and that's one of the reasons why they've developed a reputation over the last few years for outperforming like what the statistics say they should do, win, win and loss-wise, right? Because right? they win close games. But winning close games is a lot, a lot a, it's been about the defense, but it's also been about Mike Conley and Marcus All effective together at the end of the game. And so yeah. last night you didn't have Mark. Conley, and then the game before against Charlotte, Conley and Gasol were both bad, and so I think there's a lot of good things happening on this team in terms of the whole roster and some yeah. a lot of surprises, but they're still not going to be good unless they get Mike Conley and Marcus all together good on the same night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you so have- that's a good transition to like just the overall view of the start. I mean, at five and three, right. once upon a time they were uh, what five, five and one, five and one, five and one, and then like we wanted to like throw a parade down right. Bill Street, right? <laughs> so, right. Jeff, what what do we make of the start? I think fundamentally you have yeah. to be happy with the start. You take yeah. this start. Um, it's it is interesting. The three get, they've now lost to Orlando, Charlotte, and Dallas after games that the Grizzlies fans, what whether it's accurate or not, because uh, Orlando's obviously better than anyone thought. Charlotte's a good team. Um, Dallas was desperate on the road. 
those 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 losses sort of balance out the wins against Houston, the two wins against Houston and, and Golden State. You're about right. where you, and it, certainly the Grizzlies. It's what the Grizzlies version of the NBA. They've been right. doing that for years, beating teams they shouldn't been. And right. uh, but I think broadly speaking, there are so many good things that have happened here. Um, Tyreek is obviously as, as good or better than anyone could have expected. He's been tremendous. Um, Chandler Parsons has emerged as an actual basketball player. He had a really fabulous night, but even apart from that, he's moving like a basketball player. So that's been really good. James Ennis has been better than you might have thought. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been better than you might have thought. Marcus All has had, except for that one game, a magnificent start to the year. You go right down the roster. I was talking about this with Chris earlier. Um, like The only player who you would say, eh, it really is disappointing. Mario was disappointing last night and hasn't made shot well or whatever. It's Deontay Davis. Like, that's the only... Because he didn't well, get off the bench. And Harrison. And expectations. Harrison. <laughs> Harrison's disappointing if you had any expectations for him. He's not disappointing me. He's living right. exactly down to what I thought of Andrew Harrison. Well, no, he's worse than last year, though. Last year, he was serviceable. Maybe. If, yeah, maybe. He was serviceable last year. What's disappointing for me is seeing him on the court. Beyond that is... Uh, but, but basically, there's been so many good stories that I think it bodes well. Like, as if they can get healthy, if, if Mike and Mark can be healthy... Um, you have to be optimistic. It absolutely bodes well, given everything you said. Plus, not only Mike and Mark, but you got three rotation players who who haven't basically right. played: Jay right. Michael, Wayne Selden, and two of them are likely to be McElroy. starters. Yeah, and, and so yeah, I mean the fact that you're five and three and and all of that, right? Yeah, I mean you can't. I mean you can't freak out. And but, well, but I will say, Chris, before you, before you get into that, um, I think Fistel kind of forecast what was going to happen. Because the record didn't really indicate how they were playing, right? And you know he he's he's not been in a good mood for for several days. So it wasn't just last night that got to him. I think he kind of saw um, Charlotte happening, and then of course it just you know from interactions within the, the team. Or where do you think that? No, I just think I just think it's. I mean, they playing great defense. Uh, I just think how they were operating offensively. It's just you know there's a lot to clean up. Well, what I wrote about, and, and that's my column lead last week in the Pick and Pop column, which I, I, I think for all the good that this team has, one is sort of the other side of that coin of having a lot of these players playing playing well or playing better than we expected, is the way this roster's set up, it's not clear, other than Mike Conley and Marcus All, like who should be playing every night like mm-hmm. down the stretch. And so I feel like we saw it some last night. I think we're going to see it like all season long every game is going to be David Fisdell figuring out what's going to work tonight. I don't think even when they get Jermichael Green and Macklemore and Selden back, I don't think it's going to be a set like these are our guys we're going to battle with. Like it's always mm-hmm. going to be Zach back in the, the you know the peak years or always going to be Tony or whatever. I think every night it's going to be Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, and you figure it out over the course of 48 minutes. And I think there's going to be a lot of that this year. Well, it's certainly been that way uh, through eight games. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how they work them back into the lineup. Ben McLemore obviously is going to play. We believe he's been assigned to the hustle. Uh, may play this weekend. They got two games, I believe, coming up. And he may. And so, it, it, how are they going to? We think ultimately it makes sense that Andrew Harrison will be moved out of the rotation, and either Selden or McLemore will take his place at two. How is that going to happen? 
Do you have a sense? Uh, I don't. I, and I asked David Fisdale that directly, and he said he's still trying to figure it out. Uh, I, I think you're right, though, and and not just Harrison, but Jarrell Martin's going to be pushed back. Clearly, that one's yep. easy. Jarrell's yep. going to go out. Jermichael's going to come in. Yeah. And, yeah. I think what he's going to struggle with is Dylan Brooks because the kid right. has earned the right to play. You're I mean, not going to play an 11-man rotation. No, like, no. Even 10's asking a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if you get like, – Jermichael Green comes back, he starts. Jarrell Martin doesn't move down. He moves out. Right. Except for nights like, you know, back-to-back, Parsons doesn't play or whatever. Like, he'll have his right. opportunities, but he won't be in the rotation every night. Right. But if you move, let's say, McLemore, which because the, they signed him to be a starter, so we'll see. But if he's your starting two and Selden's also back – you can't play Selden and Brooks and Chalmers, and you, you can't play eleven if everybody's yeah. available. You know, I, I, I look at Selden, and obviously, you know, he, he impressed him enough to get a guaranteed contract, but he doesn't have a resume, right? So he may as well be on the same level as, as Brooks. Brooks. And, and 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 then, like when we when we first got here, you remember when when it was supposed to be Strowmile Swift's breakout season? They 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 had determined that Strowmile was going to. Right. Four, four, four games in, it yeah. became Pal Casal's breakout season because Strowman right. got hurt. Yeah, and he was out for an extended period of time with a basic ankle injury. And Pal took it. And Pal took it. Yeah. And so I, I just believe that may be where we're headed with uh with. Well, Wayne you know, Zelda. it's funny because you know we remember the summer league that Selden had. Well, that's summer league, right? Right. 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 Yeah. In eight games, eight real NBA games by Dylan Brooks, he's already actually produced more than Wayne Selden has as an NBA player. People forget Selden only played like 15 games last season in yeah. the NBA, yeah. and then he played a few in the playoffs. I bet – it wouldn't surprise me if, at least in a Grizzlies uniform, that Brooks may have more total points in his NBA career already than Selden has. And I like Fizdale's rationale. Like, you already got to figure it out with the starting group. You know, like like you said, Chris, like, I mean, there's so many moving parts beyond Mike and Mark. Like, I like the idea of having that – Second unit just fixed, you know. Give like, you a boost like, in the middle, and then at the end, <laughs> right. whoever's got it will finish. Yeah, right, exactly. I do too. But by the way, on Selden, he may be day to day for so long that he may be day to day for the rest of the year, right? Until summer league, we may not have to deal with this problem, right? But um, it, my only question with the having the second unit fixed is it means that at least for now the first unit is fixed, and it does mean that with Andrew Harrison in there, they're getting off to a series of slow starts. Does that bother you, Ron, or do you just go ahead and ride with it until until it looks like Macklemore is getting close yeah. until you can until you get Macklemore back? Yeah, I guess that just depends on how you look at it. Like, I mean, you could say that because Harrison isn't an outside threat, it doesn't give Mike Conley enough space. But Mike Conley's getting to the rack and he's not finishing. Um, I, I tend to lean on the side that, you know, Mark and Mike have got to play better. Right. Uh, you know, ultimately. Uh, I mean, I mean, look, Mike played alongside Tony right. Allen, for Christ's sake. I mean, right. You know? Right. And he wasn't exactly a threat. He created things <clears throat> offensively off defense, though, which Andrew Harrison and does, does not, not do. Yeah. Um, so it's it is he's more Andrew Harrison is certainly more of a black hole than 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 then, than Tony Allen yeah. was. I mean, I wouldn't stick with this long term. If you if you came to me and said Selden and McLemore gonna be out like three more weeks, both of them, but you have everybody else, I would say like cut it from a ten man to a nine man. Like you know, take take Andrew Harrison out, put Dylan Brooks in the starting lineup, and just tighten it up. Um, but if you think you're getting one of these two guards back in a game or two, and you like the chemistry that's developing in that bench unit. But I'm I, I'm willing to give it a little bit more. That's leash. an interesting point because I almost wonder if Fizdale's like us in the media when it comes to Grizzlies injury updates because it seems like he's been buying time thinking that one of those guys are right. coming back. <laughs> right. You know, like and and and, and like you said, Selden's like day to day for like three right. months, and so. Uh, but to your point, he that's exactly what Fizdale has done. Whether it was Chandler Parsons resting 
He didn't insert somebody else in the in the rotation to make it ten. He just played nine. Right. Last night, Mike Conley was out. He didn't insert anybody into the rotation. He just played nine. So you could easily do that, and you extend everybody's minutes. Um, Evans played thirty plus. The rookie played thirty eight. Yeah. In, in Dylan. Right. You know. So I mean, the ten man rotation that they've had when when they you know when Parsons and Conley have been available is not the norm for the Grizzlies or in the NBA like we associate with Hubie Brown because it was like a thing that Crazy. that most yeah, people right. don't do right? right yeah yeah you know but it is easy to do with the exception of uh Brooks because you didn't expect him to be in the rotation this soon right it's it's easy to do when you have 10 quality NBA players like Hubie did like i mean a lot of these guys on the bench are like could could start right you know somewhere uh, and have <laughs> for that matter. So uh, you got to keep everybody happy. And um, Chandler Parsons certainly has been a happy story. Yeah. Uh, going from the, the, the overblown blowing, booing thing to, to the big game that he had. I thought last night he was passing up shots last night, which was odd to me. Yeah. Given he reverted. That, yeah. He kind of reverted. Do you mm-hmm. have any sense of what was going on? There? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't want this to sound like a criticism, but I know like if they had won the game, everybody would be like, Talking about Tyreek and if Dylan Brooks, if, if Dylan, if that if three Dylan, Dylan Brooks, Brooks drops, it's a little right. bit different conversation. Yeah. But but you know, it, it struck me that like with the the all of the drama surrounding Mario with Tyreek going for thirty two, like these guys are who they are. Like you know, Tyreek's a one on one player, and I just wonder how much that takes the other guys out. You well, know, I, I wonder how much that just like kind of disrupts the, the the rhythm and the flow of. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reaching. I mean, does oh, that no, really? No, no, no. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think the trade off is entirely worth it with yeah. Tyreek Evans. Like, yeah. you, yes, you live with it if he's getting buckets like that. But I mean, there have been. I can at least five or six occasions I've seen this season in games where like they're coming down the floor and like Chandler Parsons is wide open like waving his oh, arms. Yeah. Diary's not even looking at him; he's just going to the basket, right? right. Yeah. And so, but to me. You you have to live with that to a degree if you're getting good Tyreek, you know? It's just part of the package. But it's counter to what they're preaching uh, in terms of offensive philosophy. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be ball movement, player movement. And a lot of the second <laughs> half, there was not a lot. The no, ball movement was it, terrible. Well, I thought it was hilarious. Like, Tyreek had a good night because, you're, like you said, he was on. But I thought it was hilarious that uh, late in the game, I think he fell or something, and and it was like a botch possession. And he was coming back to the bench and was like, run the, you know, (laughs) bleep, bleep play. And I'm like, the play is give you the ball and everybody get out of the way. Like, what play are you talking about? (laughs) You know, it's, yeah, I mean, I, they got to reconcile that. I mean, you're right. Well, I mean, Tyreek is Tyreek. I mean, it is sort of. This is something I was just writing about, writing about for a column item before we came in here. But like, Marcus all had zero assists last night, and his assist ratio, sort of an advanced stat assist stuff, so far is the lowest of his career. Marcus all did not forget how to pass. Right. It's because. The other other players have to make them se- get themselves in position to score, and so you you know Zach knew how to duck in at the right moment, and Tony knew how Tony, to cut, yep. and and right now you're you're getting a little more stagnant, especially with that starting group that's in there, and you're not getting you know guys are not making themselves available for Marcus All to set them up in the way that that's and been the case in the moments. past. I thought that there was a little little and I was a clap, but like. Chandler and Mark had some sort of animated conversation two games ago, which was same kind of thing. It's I think maybe we're underestimating because they've been the same basic team for seven years. How much of a transition it is? And I, and I do want to get into the the good Mark because we've we've seen a lot of the good Mark uh, this year. But before we do that, 
Mark last night is wasn't as direct as Fizdale, but I, I think he took some veiled shots at Tyreek when he talked about how they're still learning how to play with each other right. and guys like the score. And and he's saying they, they hold on the ball too long. And if you just pass the ball, maybe it'll come back to you. It probably will come back to you. Well, there's you. one specific moment <laughs> where he, he said something like that to Tyreek coming off the floor after yeah. a play, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I do think it's interesting that Fizdale went out of his way to praise Mark about his leadership in the wake of, of all of the chaos or in the middle of it. Right. Um, but apparently, you know, people who were actually in the huddle have told me Mark was like the calmest guy there. The the the, the guy that was just trying to like, you know, bring everybody together and say, hey, you know, we still got a game to play, which is not normally Mark. Mark is the guy that says, what did he say at media day? He said, um, uh, I'm, oh, nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah, he yeah, said, yeah, he said like, I'm not going to let nonsense get to but me. This is well, exactly, he used yeah, to. Yes, right. <laughs> well, of course, you think about it. Zebo wasn't there last night. Not that Tony would have been in the huddle anyway, but Tony wasn't Tony there would, last would, night. Tony wouldn't have wandered around. Tony wouldn't around anyway. And, and Mike wasn't in the huddle. So, like, it's only like... Well, Mike was there. Oh, Mike yeah, wasn't was in the game. He was, he was yeah. in the huddle. You're right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. But, and so it was sort of up to Mark. It's a little harder when you're in a suit uh, to exert <laughs> leadership. And yeah. so I, I do think Mark's been great. Yeah, he's been of, a jolly giant yeah. from, from many accounts. I think he's. I think he's stepped up his defense a little bit. I mean, he's, the scoring binge he had early in the season sort of obscured that a little bit. But I think he's been better defensively. Maybe part of that is scheme related, and and, and Fizdale's letting him stay closer to the basket a little bit more. But I think he's 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 been better defensively so far this season than he was the last couple of years. So are we? Are we? Does any of this? Obviously, it's it's really early. Um, but does any of this cause us to reevaluate what we think the Grizzlies are and what they can be within the West, which is looking um, – other, other teams are obviously sorting some things out as well. Well, it's cliche, but, you, I mean, you said it earlier. I mean, like, you know, everything kind of tends to even itself out. They weren't as good as they seemed at 5-1, and one, and they're not as bad as they are having lost two straight games. Um, so – you know, do I think that this road trip will probably fix them? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I mean, that that would be typical Grizzlies. I mean, they'll go out on this five-game road trip, and it'll just be them, and it'll be them against the world, and, and, and they'll probably have a good trip, and that'll fix everything. I think I looked at the standings today, and the top 12 teams in the West are separated by two games or right. fewer, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a tight race for I felt before this I didn't predict, I didn't predict the Grizzlies I predicted them to just barely miss the playoffs but I did say I thought that middle of the West five through eleven or twelve or whatever was going to be very tight and very competitive and however anybody wants to predict it injuries are going to sort it out over the course of the season and so I think that's real I think the Grizzlies are a playoff contender and whether they make it or not is depending on how healthy they are and how healthy the other teams in the middle of the West are I would agree with that. Because, I mean, that was the narrative at, at Media Day. Right. <laughs> because they got Mario Chalmers coming back from Achilles. They got Tyreek Evans coming back from two in, in, injury-riddled seasons. You know, all these guys unproven or hurt. Right. Chandler Parsons, three well, knee I mean, surgeries we, And we've just years. seen it the last two games. If you're yeah. not healthy, if you don't have a healthy mic, you lose two games that yeah. one is an ineffective mic and one is an absent mic, and you lose two games that you otherwise would have won. Presumably. You, speaking of Mike, I mean, do you, do you expect him to play on the road trip? I do. I, I think that was strategic uh, yeah. when they set him out against That's the That's the sense I got last night, too, yeah, because, because the way the schedule set up, you get him like four or five day break. Exactly. Right? And, and they knew that the day before. 
you know, which it, why, why they didn't play with the injury report. Like when when Mark was questionable on the right. afternoon of a game, you kind of figured he would play. Right. But when they kind of made those guys questionable the day before, you kind of figured Mark. I'm sorry, Mike would sit. Yeah. So there you have it. What are you guys expecting for the road trip? Uh, we're talking about the, the the road trip or the total because this is a weird thing where they're going out for three and then they're coming they back and then leaving right back again. Right. They, they'll come home after Portland, but won't play here. Right. And you're right. They go back out. So it's. It's five games. Yeah. Of those five games, the only one that they will be favored to win probably is the Lakers. I mean, they got the Clippers, they got Portland, they got uh, Houston and Houston Milwaukee. And, and, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. and so, you know, if they, I mean, three and two would be fabulous. Two and three would be fine. It seems yeah. to me, you know, they won't. Be, yeah. yeah, they won't be favored to, to to win most of those games. If they yeah. if they can win at least a couple without any kind of significant injury or. Um, you know, combustible situations or anything, and they, you know, they win a couple and they come back home with everything and looking okay. Mark can be back. Can yeah, be started being a great. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think that's fine. Yeah, I was gonna say it'll be interesting to see who comes back. I think we expect Mike to come back, but it'll be interesting to see of the three: Jay Michael, Ben McLemore, Wayne Selden. I mean, they could pick up McLemore for the second part of this road trip, presumably. Maybe yeah. if he's gonna play in South Haven, I gotta think he's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, and and he's been the one practicing. Which is why I don't know why he's not been day to day Macklemore instead of Wayne day to day Selden. Maybe because they actually know what's happening with Macklemore. <laughs> All right. That'll do it. We will talk to you guys next time. The Grizzlies podcast is hosted by Ron Tillery, Jeff Calkins, and Chris Harrington and posts each week during the regular season at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe to the Grizzlies podcast for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Grizzlies podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Bye.